<laughs> like Ted. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these go to eleven once again. I'm Nathan Bell, joining me as always, Zach Bartles. Zach, what's going on, man? Fun fact: I am 100 percent of the USDA recommended daily allowance of Zach, so I should meet all of your Zach needs this evening. Fair enough. Sounds like a plan. What is the uh, what is the recommended grams of Zach? Well, I don't know about grams, but the number of pounds are going down, baby. Nice. Been yeah, working out, getting trimmer? Trim down a bit. Yeah, yeah, getting back to my fighting weight here so I can, I don't know, fight people. <laughs> so let me ask you, are bears. you... Uh, what's that? I said are bears. I don't know, so I can fight. Just there so I can go. fight stuff. Just so you can fight stuff. So are you just uh, eating a little better or are you uh, exercising a little bit more? Are you doing a little both? Dude, every time I lose weight, and, and you, when you hear that, you go, oh, I see how it is with you. But I think everybody does a little of that, especially in the middle age. You go up, you go down, you're like, I'm doing this, and then it slowly goes up. I always use the same product. It is a app. I don't know. Are you familiar with apps? Um, I think I've heard of them. They sound familiar. So what you do is, is a PRC file that you, you install on your Palm Pilot, and then you can run the app right off the Palm. So uh, it's called – this is – Diet Diary, and it's, <laughs> and it's by Calorie King, but okay. I've been using it literally since 2003, and I've used it to lose a bunch of weight from way fatter than I started this time, and I've used it to uh, keep it off for a long time. It's a funny thing. I don't know if you experienced this, but it, and there's uh, definitely spiritual uh, implications to this, too, but as soon as I stop like weighing myself regularly... Uh-huh. I start to put it back on, and that makes you not want to weigh yourself, which makes you just give up and put it back on. Yeah. Um, so I've been weighing myself a lot and uh, riding my bike a lot. Uh, I've been uh, doing a lot. I bought those like weird push-up things with like the swivel handles. Oh, yeah, yeah, been, uh, you know, just, just trying to be less of a slug and, and, eating, and eating better. I'm not on any weird diet. I'm not doing any ketosis or fasting or anything. I'm just... Just trying to eat fewer calories than I burn. Nice. Good old math. Good deal. That's the best way to be, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem is, I mean, for, they say it's got to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. And for me, hardly anything sustainable, man. What I really want to do, mm-hmm. what I tell myself later on you can do, but you can't right now, is like to go to the taco truck and get like egg and chorizo burritos, you know, to go... I want I want uh, mushrooms and butter. I mean, yeah. like the stuff I want is never the good stuff, except for avocados, which I'm obsessed with. Nice. Well, you got one thing going for you there. There you go. I like Brussels nice. sprouts too. Have you, really? Do you like Brussels sprouts? Have you gone gone hipster in that way? Like I like them when they're like you know a little little sea salt and maybe some you know like orange sauce or something. They've been just like baked to the point of like basically nice they're like and old crispy chips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, actually, I've, I, uh, I've only had Brussels sprouts once in my life that I really enjoyed, and that was my brother had made them, and he had put some kind of sauce on them and put a little bit of Parmesan on them, and like you said, he just kind of baked them till they were really done, and they weren't half bad when he did that. Yeah, I had uh, lunch with one of our listeners earlier this week, um, a friend of mine named Zach Burnham. It's a yep. little confusing because his last name is – Starts with a B, and we're, we're both Zach with an H, and uh, 
he we, we met at he, he's like why don't we meet at uh i don't know it was like pot belly belly or something you, you don't have pot belly there probably it's a the sandwich it's place? a sandwich place yeah, yeah maybe yeah. you do okay yeah. i thought it was more a regional thing anyway i'm like dude i'm on a kind of a diet where do you want to go he's like i don't know uh what uh sir pizza i'm like dude this guy's like a freaking very thin dude he's very <laughs> trim very svelte and 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 so we go to qdoba Okay, I'm eating, yeah. uh, you know, the naked taco salad, which is no shell, no nothing, just, you know, lots of vegetables. This dude's like wolfing down nachos. And, you know, like on a movie or a TV show, uh, when somebody will like reach over and just like smash somebody's face or like yeah, yeah. choke them out or, <laughs> and then it cuts back real quick and they're just like lost in thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that totally happened. <laughs> just, I'm just kidding, Zach. Don't, no. <laughs> but but uh, what I did do is I just kind of sat back and daydreamed about when he eventually hits that metabolism wall, right? And and the things that are going to go on in that in that uh, lean frame of his gearing up for that day, huh? <laughs> S- since this has become middle aged men talking about uh, fitness and weight, uh, how are you clocking in, man? Compared to like your uh, your ideal. Oh, I'm high school days or whatever. Oh, dude, I'm way, way out of range. The the thing is, like, I tend to because I'm a bigger guy anyway. I tend to carry it differently, so I can I, I can be really heavy and not necessarily really fat. It's all the biceps. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, but if it's I, not on your belly, that's good, dude, because that's the heart attack freaking situation is well, it's the all, thing is, all in the belly. Yeah, I know. Like the thing is my belly does get bigger. Um, but it's it, it still looks kind of not bad proportionally to everything else. So, um, now, Who told you this? Who told me that? <laughs> uh, usually everyone who I tell them what my weight is. Oh, okay. Well, that's you can probably trust that particular sampling uh, everyone. <laughs> If it was just like your assessment and then like your wife when she's like, oh, no, 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 you're good, hon. Um, that's one thing. but Right. <laughs> In this case, it'll pass. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but- that's just, the, you know, I think that becomes the ongoing. The funny thing is Ted has a whole, not to, not to plug a book, but Ted has a whole essay in this about uh, how there, our granddads never sat around and probably our father's not either and talked at all. About what they ate, unless it was like a really good steak they had. Oh yeah, or what the weight was or anything. They might go and play racquetball together, or you know, go play some pickup basketball together. But they weren't like, oh, how many calories did you burn? It just wasn't a thing. Right. But I think everyone has always struggled with keeping it under control. Just that the metabolism starts going, and your yeah. body's like, oh well, I just decided there's a new shape, right. and you're like, not yet, body, <laughs> not yet. I, more time. I need more time. <laughs> I, I think that the shape is like a, your average guy in like the far side. Remember that? Yeah. There was the, yes. kind of weirdly <laughs> bottom heavy individuals. Oh my goodness. Yes, absolutely. Oh man. Well, we uh, got some topics we're going to talk about other than uh, middle-aged men growing old and fat. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but you know, want to give a shout out to Mission Aware. I was actually just kind of scrolling around. They have these uh, really neat cigar cases on there that uh, I'm thinking about picking up. Um, they've got, you know, of course, all their standards: Spurgeon and uh, Calvin and the uh, Solo de uh, the Solas. Um, so. Check out Mission Aware. Check out the cigar cases. Check out these go to 11. We got some great stuff on our page. Check out Gut Check. 
Do you guys have more than one product on your page? There's there's two shirts up, but they're the same one. Oh, okay. Well, check out Gut Check. They've got, you know, one shirt up with two pictures. Or two, two shirts, shirts on, with... but it's the same one. Two I shirts said on. two. Listen, man, there's two. <laughs> uh, and I, let me tell you something. Talking about, you know, like uh, uh, being ripped or being fat or whatever, our boy Jeff has it figured out. Yeah. This dude, holy smokes, man. His his arms were like like pythons. I, I was like, wait a minute, are you Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Where where's Jeff from Missional Wear when I met him? <laughs> I ate Jeff. Uh. <laughs> okay. Nice. All right. So yeah, check out Mission Aware. Um, so Zach, we were kind of trying to figure out what to do. You know, as always, the professional gentlemen we are. Uh, a lot of we, show prep. yeah, you know, just, uh, putting the hours into the show prep and, um, you know, we're sitting down and I texted you, uh, on my way home. Hey, what are we talking about tonight? I don't know. All right. Well, we'll figure it out on the podcast. <laughs> you don't have to give up all of our secrets, man. <laughs> it's okay for some stuff just to be between us. <laughs> Got to save a little, got to tease it out a little, huh? <laughs> Um, but as always, we did, uh, we did think of some things that we, uh, thought we thought of some things that we think will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that? I don't know. I have to decide later. I ruminate on it. Sleep on it. You're, just, on it. you're just so out of it right now. <laughs> I'll get back to you on whether that was really funny or not. Um, but, uh, first thing we're I gonna... just decided, no, I didn't like it. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that out. <laughs> Got to do a little bit of uh, drinking here. Uh, a little Hydration. sore throat going on, so. Oh, I thought maybe that you were like, I don't know, like on a like a standing desk treadmill situation, just like or, or like doing like the, the high knees thing or like deep knee bends while we were because of you know the metabolism slowing down. That's right. I got to get that exercise, man. Up and down, up and. <laughs> Uh, but, um, you know, we were talking and, uh, there's some stuff out on Netflix I've been digging and some stuff coming out that I'm looking forward to watching. And, uh, it's like, Hey, let's, uh, let's go ahead and throw some stuff that we've, uh, we've enjoyed recently. We haven't done a, uh, you know, entertainment podcast in a couple weeks since, uh, you know, the last one we did, but, um, let's go ahead and do one. So Zach, talk to me a little bit about something you're, uh, really digging on right now. Did I already talk about how the boys was wet hot garbage? Um, I don't know if you talked about that on air or not, though. I, I remember you and I talking about it, but I just want to go on record. The boys on Amazon, great premise, sucks. I think I already did mention that. I, I think it bears repeating. Um, it will suck you in with the first couple episodes, although there's some very yeah, where you're like, I don't think I should probably, you know, honor this with my eyes. But then you're like, oh, but it's so clever. Mm-hmm. And then before long, you're like, ugh, you know, get out the Clorox and steel wool and, you know, just take a shower in it. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, that was one thing I had been excited about watching um, okay. when I just learned of the premise and who was in it. Yeah. Uh, both of those things. Uh, and then uh, that that kicked to the curb. I've got uh, one thing I'm doing is rewatching. Okay. Uh, Better Call Saul, which is oh, the yeah. Breaking Bad prequel. Yep. Um, and I'm just trying to keep myself from falling into too deep of a funk because they kicked the can down the road for the next uh, season. 
And and so I've been rewatching. It's just brilliant, man. Oh, and I I don't get all these people watching it having not watched Breaking Bad because you get way more out of it. But definitely worth checking out if you hadn't. Uh, all of them, but one season's on on uh, Netflix right now. Okay. And um, I <laughs> I have a guilty pleasure that okay. I've been uh, a little itch I've been scratching, which is a show. Tell me if you've ever watched this one. It's called Suits. Oh yes. It yes. is a turd and a half. It, it it starred for most of its run uh, the now Duchess of whatever, Meghan Markle. Yep. Um, and uh, one of my favorite uh, actors, Gabriel something. Uh, and he, <laughs> this is the guy who way, way back, he was in either a Robert Rodriguez or Zack Snyder or one of these guys made a movie called uh, The Spirit based on that old like radio program. Okay, yeah. And this guy played The Spirit. Um, and then like Samuel Jackson was the octopus and stuff. I thought that movie was really kind of cool and innovative. Everyone hated it. Uh, kind of ruined this guy's movie career, but now he's back as a lawyer and it's so melodramatic. It is such a like soap opera for men. Yeah. Prime time. It, it's a turd, but I cannot stop watching it. And it just released the last, um, the second to last season on Netflix Nice. And I was watching it on my while I ate my lunch. I burned through it in like three weeks. The whole season. <laughs> there are just the characters are just so two dimensional. The plot is the same over and over again. The dialogue's the same. Everyone on this show. Yeah. Now, have you ever heard anyone in real life um, say it, to convey that they or you or someone made a massive blunder, mistake, uh, described it as crapping the bed? Oh yeah. Only- yeah. Only didn't say crapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but if you knew someone who did that, they'd probably be the only one that you knew who did that, right? Yeah. That's pretty unusual. <laughs> Everyone on this show, that's all they say. And <laughs> every conversation is like, whatever it is, it's going to have to wait. Oh, yeah, well, this can't wait. You're going to have to do the GD thing to the other thing. Oh, I can't do the thing. And it's just like, it, it's almost like a Mad Lib. And yet all the like shots of, of Manhattan and all the people in cool like business clothes and all the dark wood and mahogany. I just, I keep getting drawn back in, man. Nice. Um, that's going on. That's over. I finished that one. And then the two things I'm most ex- excited about here, and they're both coming up one in September, one in October. And then one thing that I'm tentatively excited about, and then I'll kick this over to you. Okay. In September comes out the Downton Abbey movie. All Speaking right. of primetime sitcoms or a primetime sitcom, primetime, uh, <laughs> Uh, soap operas that, yep. that try to pretend there's something more. Um, very, very excited about that. Uh, I got Ted got me sucked into Downton Abbey, even though I did not think I would like it. Uh, I love it. Um, I love uh, the Dowager Countess, which is Maggie Smith's character. Yeah. I love the fact that they're always retiring to the drawing room for cigars and scotch. Like I love, I love it. And I'm a big. Uh, I like uh, Julian Fellows. I my, my, one of my favorite movies in my top three is one that he did called Gosford Park, oh, which yeah. is like a murder mystery in 1920s England. It's so good. Robert Altman directed that one. So I'm I'm super excited for the movie. It doesn't look like it's necessary at all, but so what? Uh, you know, it's just <laughs> it'll be fun. Nice. Uh, the one in October is a movie coming to AMC and Netflix, and I'm hoping maybe some limited uh, engagements at some theaters because I will drive up to two hours to see this in a theater. And that is, uh, it's called El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Oh, yeah. And I'm so jazzed about that, dude. They released a little, like, clip, a little uh, teaser clip. 
with Skinny Pete talking about how he wasn't going to rat out Jesse Pinkman and get him back in a cage and everything. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's happening. Uh, and then uh, coming – and that, that one also, by the way, totally unnecessary. Kind of the, the beauty of the end of uh, Breaking Bad. I don't know if you watched that through to the end. Uh, but in the finale, spoilers, ready to turn <laughs> – Skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't know. Five, four, three, two, one. Spoilers coming now. Um, Jesse Pinkman escapes the Nazi compound. He's the only one who lives at the end, uh, despite people trying to say Walt might have lived. He drives away howling in just kind of like a combination of desperation and freedom and sorrow and joy. And then he's just gone. And you're like, okay, well, he's going to live. So the, the fact that it was so open-ended and now they're picking up his story and continuing it. But even though it's a bad move story-wise, I'm glad they're doing it yeah. because it's more Breaking Bad, more Vince Gilligan, more of these same people together. I'm very jazzed about that. And then uh, I just saw a preview for a Christian movie. Oh, and then I'm going to throw one more at you. But no, no, then I'll throw it to you and then I'll have a bonus one. After okay. You um, right. the, the Christian movie that I – tentatively excited about is called i still believe oh, it's sort yeah. of a sequel to i can only imagine which i right. did not watch um i generally don't like christian movies but this one and i've heard that one was good it's about that song like the casting crowns guy or something or, yeah uh the mercy me guy mercy me okay yeah I, i'm sure it's good i don't know it just wasn't really up my my alley sure um but and this one, I know the story. When I, way back in, I almost just said in the day. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm neither a hip young ethnic man nor a dorky old white grandma, so I'm not allowed to say that. Um, those are those are the, the groups of people who, in my experience, say back in the day. Um, back when it first came out, um, I got that first Jeremy Camp CD, and yep. it was one of those enhanced CDs. You throw it in your computer, and it played a video. And the video was about his story, which was like he got married, his wife got sick and died like almost immediately. And that's when he wrote, I still believe in your faithfulness and stuff. Really just heartrending stuff. And they made a movie out of that. Normally not something I would watch just because it sounds too sad. Mm -hmm. uh, I deal with death and loss and stuff all day long. I don't want to do it in, like in my downtime. Right. Uh, but it, it stars uh, the woman who plays his, his wife – is uh, the woman who played the lead in a, a show called Girl Boss on Netflix? Oh, yeah. Which is super worth checking out. She's so awesome. She was also on uh, Tomorrowland, which was uh, kind of an underrated uh, George Clooney flick. Yep. Um, and I, I don't know. In my mind, I couldn't think any higher of her as an actress. And I, I really think it'll, I might check it out just to see how she handles this kind of really earnest, sad, solemn kind of role when I'm used to seeing her in the very snarky kind of, um, you know, layers of irony and armor over top of her, you know, sadness within. So that's something I possibly am going to uh, check out. Uh, not sure if anybody in our listening audience has any insights into that movie, uh, but I would love to hear more about um, Over to you, Nathan Bell. All right. Yeah. Um, so uh, Netflix, some of the things that I've been checking out, um, Mr. Inglacius, uh I don't know if you're familiar with, um, uh, I think it's Gabriel Inglacius, uh nicknamed Fluffy, um, but he's a yeah, stand-up yeah. comedian. He's like a 
teacher in this or something? Yeah, yeah, he's a teacher in it. And so there's a lot of things that are kind of like, you know, his comedy bits that are thrown in there. But uh, it's actually, it's a pretty good uh, show. It's pretty funny coming from the perspective of a teacher. I really enjoy um, seeing it from that perspective and uh, watching it. So definitely one that uh, you can check out. It's, you know, 20-minute episodes, so real easy to kind of breeze through it and watch it. Um, another one that I got into was called, uh, Woo Assassins. Have you seen this previewed on Netflix? Uh-uh. So it, the basic premise is it's this kind of superhero martial arts guy who's trying to fight off these evil, they're called, uh, Wu Jing's, um, evil spirits, earth, fire, water, and air, something like that. And I've heard something like that somewhere. Else. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar. Um, it's it's good because the martial arts in it are really good. They actually have martial artists in the show, so the choreography is really well done. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's a cheesy martial arts show, but the martial arts in it is really well done. Um, I remember uh, you and I talking about Breaking Bad a while ago, or not Breaking Bad. Um, the Badlands, Badlands, Badlands yeah. a while ago, and how um, you know that was absolutely horrible, but the action in it was fun and uh, and well done. This is even better than that. Um, I really have been enjoying it. Um, finished up the season, and uh, I can't wait till they look at what's going to come up on the next uh, on the next season. So that's can one I, that I, I've uh, really been enjoying. I, I need to pop in real quick with a retraction. Okay. I rewatched some of that Badlands stuff. Yeah. And I think I kind of misunderstood what it was trying to do. Um, I don't think it takes itself really seriously. I th- and I think, I think the performances. I I think the whole thing is what it w- what it meant to be. I don't think it's a bad show. I think it's uh, it's not for everybody. Uh-huh. But I think for what it is, not just the action, but actually uh, rewatching some of it. I think the the show itself holds up. Uh, I think I was just in expecting the wrong thing, and I didn't adjust when I was watching it. Okay, but I, I just didn't want anyone to hear that and, and uh, think I'm I, I'm not uh, nuanced enough to get it. I just uh, it took me a while. Okay, fair enough. Um, but now this anyway, one you're talking yeah. about is this uh, modern day or yeah, yeah, fantasy it's, world or what? No, it's set well, it's set in the modern day, but like he can transport into this other world to train and uh, to go through like, you know, so like he, he gets really good really fast, but it's because when he's in this other world, time doesn't really exist. So um, you watch at the beginning, these kind of training montages and, um, and then he gets out and he's like super good. Uh, But that's kind of the reason behind it. So they, I I feel like they just do a really good job at um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, gang interactions that takes place in, um, I think it's San Francisco or Los Angeles. So there's a lot of like Chinese triad gang interactions that I think they do really well, power struggles and things like that. Um, I think, I think this one is trying to be more serious. Um, but I think the acting it is done really well. So I really, uh, enjoy the people that are in it. Um, the, one of the main, villains is it in it is uh uh tommy um i forget what his last name is but he's the 
he was the Scottish prince in Braveheart. He's got that scar across his face. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So he's in it, and he does a great job. I, I mean, you know, he's he's got the cool Scottish accent, so no matter what he does, he's good in. Um, and uh, so, yeah, definitely, I think, worth worth checking out. Um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow, actually, uh, the Dark Crystal series coming out on Netflix. Um, I grew up watching the Dark Crystal from Jim Henson. I'm a little apprehensive about it because his son, I think, has really uh, done some horrible things with the company. <laughs> yeah, um, that uh, Happy Time, yeah. Happy Land Murders or whatever yeah. it was. I didn't see it, but I oh, what a way to drag that guy's legacy through the mud. I know, I know. So I am apprehensive about it, but I'm still, I'm still looking forward to it and hopeful that they'll do a good job with it. So. You know, we'll we'll see what they what they end up doing with that. Um, one of the main things that I'm looking forward to in the fall is the Joker movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Have you seen trailers for that one? I have. That's not really doing it for me. I don't okay. think I'm going to bother with that one. Fair enough. I I think it's a really interesting take on it, um, and I, I'm interested to see how they do it. So that one is kind of piquing my interest. Um, so I'm hoping to get out and see that one. And then I don't know what everybody else's thoughts are, but I'm really, I'm really looking forward to, um, the star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. I hope, I hope they finish it well. And I hope it kind of wraps everything up nicely in, in the series. So I'm actually really excited for, for that coming out. And along with that, um, have you seen the new, uh, Mandalorian trailer? I have, yeah. That's that. I probably also am not going to bother getting a new subscription for that. But if it was on Netflix, I would definitely have have, have jumped on it. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I'm going to end up doing that either. Um, Joy and I have to sit down and kind of talk about some stuff. But um, but I, I was actually, I was even more excited about that than I am for the new Star Wars movie. So I hope they do talk a good job about with that. some stuff. Dude, aren't you a complimentarian? Tell her how it is, man. <laughs> do like I do. Just be a man. Put your foot down. Pound your fist on the on the table. <laughs> and then and then sleep on the couch for the next five nights. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sleeping on my own couch is something I swore I would never do, uh, and I haven't had to test that because I've, I, my wife and I don't go to bed angry. Right, right. But uh, <laughs> I, when I hear about a guy being like, oh, yeah, I had to sleep on the I'm like, why? Right. I'm going like, to sleep on the, the bed that we own together. Yeah. If, if you don't want to, there's a couch. But I mean, like, you're the one who doesn't want to be in the same place. Right. Uh, hate mail uh, coming my way. No, we, we actually, we've never done that either. Uh, anytime we've always slept in different rooms, it's because one of us has been just sick and didn't want to get the other person sick. But yeah, we've never had to do that either. So I tend to chuckle when I hear that as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, and for the record, my wife and I do confer on uh, the decisions. <laughs> just, just so people, people know. Uh, nice. Nice. I think, um, I think those are really the, the main ones that I'm kind of grabbing onto, looking forward to coming out. Um, like I said, I, I really enjoyed the Wu Assassins um, because they did such a good job with the choreography. I don't know if you know who Mark Dacascos is. 
Um, uh, no, I don't. He's a really good martial artist. Uh, several movies. I, I mean, I would say he was more of a of a B movie actor, but very good martial artist. Did an awesome job with stuff. He was host of the Iron Chef for a number of years. Um, but he does he makes some appearances in this uh, in this show. So definitely check out Wu Assassin, and then um, yeah, those are kind of the things that I'm looking forward to. You said you had a bonus movie for us, Zach. What is it that you're looking forward to coming out? Well, no, it's not anything. I'm well. Here's the thing. I've got I've got one that I I don't even I don't want people to think less of me. Okay. Um, and it's possible that they will <laughs> if I if I say this, but this this year there is a, a Deadwood movie coming out. Um, now Deadwood was 15 years ago. It was a like HBO series. Yeah. Really rather rough, but it I had to tune in and just see what it was all about because one of my favorite actors in the world, Timothy Oliphant, was a main character. Yeah. And it it really it, it, even though it was a, a really kind of bleak look at life in uh, you know on the the um, good grief why can't I think of the the frontier um, right. <laughs> It, it was there was a lot of human moments in it. Uh, there was a lot of really good performances. Um, it, it's got the, the guy who played uh, the cowboy on um, Tombstone is, is on it. Uh, the guy who played Worm Tongue uh, on The Lord of the Rings plays oh, a, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a yep. physician. He does a phenomenal job. He's so good. Uh, and uh, the woman who played Skyler on Breaking Bad, Anna Gunn, is on it. Okay. Um, it's just. It's one of those things where, like, I I would never mention it from the pulpit because I wouldn't want people to go, "Oh, Pastor Zach watched this and bring it up." Right. Um, but when when I find someone else who's seen it, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, let's talk about this for a while" because <laughs> it it was really a, a kind of exploration of a lot of human type issues um, using this this world of uh in fact he initially wanted to set it in rome and do kind of the same exploration brought it to hbo and they're like oh well we have this other show called rome that we're just starting to work on (laughs) um but they left it you know it's one of those like alf you know how like alf ends yeah and like alf has been captured and and the whole series you're like wait a minute if alf gets captured we've been told they're going to just poke and prod and torture him and then, and then the show ended with Elf captured. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They ended the thing. It wasn't quite like a cliffhanger like that, but they ended it, and then it took too long to like close the deal to re-up it. And so by the time HBO gave them the green light, everyone had moved on to other things. And now like like 10-plus years later, they're doing this, this Deadwood movie, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty excited uh, to see what they do with it. I hope it, it doesn't – it's been a long time since I watched the series. I hope it doesn't – me as like, ugh, why did I like this? Right. Um, then the other thing is something I have been watching in stark contrast to that. <laughs> it's a, a show called The Chosen. Have you heard of this? It sounds familiar. Uh, remind me of the plot. Um, uh, so God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You know that one? The uh, <coughs> what happened? Sorry. Oh my gosh! I just I just broke you with the gospel. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna bring it home now. Nathan, listen. <laughs> Sorry, I was taking a drink and then uh, my throat got. <laughs> uh. 
You know, I just heard a door like slowly close a minute ago. I wonder if your <laughs> wife swapped out your drink with like something else. Uh, snake poison. <laughs> so, so what it is, it, it, here, the cool thing about it is that uh, it's self-funded. Uh-huh. What kind of sucks about that is you, it's not on Netflix. It's not on Amazon Prime. Uh, in order to watch it, people either have to buy the DVDs, which I did, which is kind of hard. Uh, and you're like, how is that hard? It's kind of hard to like find where to buy them, even on their website. Or um, get a, a tentative one-month subscription to VidAngel. Um, right. And uh, the idea is that there will be enough interest, which there seems to be a lot of growing interest in it, for people to um, fund the next – so it's four apps out to fund the rest of them. And it starts with – you need to see this, dude. It's, it's, it's the best – well, it's in, the, it's in the very top upper crust. I wouldn't say it's better than something like The Passion of the Christ or – the end of the spear or something. But as far as Christian mm-hmm. cinema, certainly as far as biblical stories, gospel story, yeah. um, it's way up there. And it's, it's told from the point of view, it starts, in fact, Jesus isn't even in the first episode to like the last second. You know, like it mm-hmm. starts with the story of Levi, the tax collector, Peter, who's like fighting guys and, and, and Andrew's betting on it. Yeah. Um, uh, you've got Mary Magdalene. Everyone calls her Lilith through the whole first episode. I'm, I'm throwing out spoilers. Sorry. Uh, it, it's pretty easy to figure out who it is because it sure. starts with the flashback of Magdala. But, uh, you know, like all these – so it's these independent stories and, and they give so much time to what these people's lives and worldviews and what were like, what their hopes were, what their fears were before they come into contact with Jesus. Okay. It, and it's very much – um, instead of feeling this kind of episodic and then this happened and then this happened, it's very like four vignettes mm. and they do the thing that I love where they, they kind of chronologically, they overlap in weird ways. Like, okay. um, in the third episode, way about, about two thirds of the way through near the beginning of the third act, you just find out, Oh, this thing from the first episode just happened. Oh, so okay. like, yep. it's, it, it's really good. Everyone like there's no British accents. In fact, all the accents are very much like Palestinian, Middle Eastern. You know, like like what I heard when I was in Israel. Uh, you know, they're very. Um, I can, you know, you're not pulling Jesus into my world like he was an American, right? Um, but it's not uh, real heavy. It's it's just kind of a reminder. This is happening in far off lands. And it feels very much like this is happening. Like it's very human. Um, you, they, they introduce a lot of extra biblical stuff, mm-hmm. which usually bugs me. But the way they do it, I don't know why. Maybe it's just the fact that it starts with this plea, like to read the Gospels. Like this is just us taking a whack at this. Read the Gospels. Hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I highly, highly recommend that one. And I'm really excited for them to come out with more of them. Okay. Uh, the the whole format of the kind of you know like one episode's fifty two minutes, the next one's thirty eight minutes. Like this kind of streaming binging, um, you know, the excuse to make the ten hour movie that that internet TV has become. Right. I don't know of anybody in this kind of Christian world who's taken advantage of it. At least not to this degree. Where this it just you look at it and you're like, this is exactly what was in that guy's mind. Uh, nice. And to kind of tie it back to the beginning, the guy who made it, uh, Dallas Jenkins, looks exactly like Timothy Oliphant. Um, so, uh, nice. you know, <laughs> I don't know what that's just for free. <laughs> that's just out there. Um, so, I definitely check that out. 
Yeah. So actually, now that you say that, I I haven't heard of it. I don't know what I was uh, what I was thinking of um, when you mentioned uh, the chosen. You were lying. Huh? You're lying. I was lying. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked it up on IMDb, and it says the chosen series 2017 through. So I wonder if maybe they started it in 2017, and it's taken that long. Oh, I see. They made the. F- Episode zero in 2017, which has a 9.8 on IMDb. Oh, wow. And episodes one through four in 2019. This is someone's like passion project. Like this is somebody's, this is what he wants to do with life. 9.9 out of 10 for the series as a whole. And this is the kind of thing, you know how stuff is so embarrassing sometimes. You're like, oh, it's kind of good and it moved me, but I wouldn't show it to a non-believer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, this I I want to figure out how you you know pay and go through the right channels and show something like this in a church because people would bring friends. Yeah. Uh, once they saw the first thing, and it's really great. It's 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 the kind of thing that gives me again hope for going forward for for the church not becoming irrelevant. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like even though that era was yep. sort of for us nostalgic, we yeah. were talking about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Many times. I'm glad that it's come to a close in many ways because it people are doing such innovative stuff out there. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you you brought that up because that actually brings us to our second topic, Zach, and that is um you brought this one to me and said um essentially, actually I can pull it up and read it. I have the technology in studio. Um so it was how difficult it is for people to share their faith these days without some sort of, uh, you know, Uber offended blow up or even getting in trouble at school or work. And I think what you were talking about with that show, the chosen is actually, you know, a great way to do that. It's like, Hey, my church is showing this, uh, this video. It's actually pretty well done. You know, would you mind coming in and seeing it? I remember when the end of the spear came out, um, we had thrown a block party. Our church owned a piece of property. Um, we were down in the city at that point, inner city of Baltimore. And we threw a block party, had, um, hot dogs, hamburgers, music. And then we showed the end of the spear projected it on the side of the church building. And, um, it was, it was great because, you know, we had children, adults stopping by and watching and, you know, looking at this thing. And then after the video, my aunt who had actually been down there where these things happen and had actually been, um, with the Wadani tribe, uh, stayed, yeah, stayed in the mission. Uh, now of course this was, this was years after all this had happened, but she had, she had actually seen the places that those missionaries stayed at and she had visited with those people. And so she was able to get up and just share the reality of of how this you know changed their lives you know they do a little bit of that at the at the end of the movie you see some of those things but she was able to get up and give firsthand uh, testimony and perspective on that and so you know things like that to me really have a way of disarming people when it stops being like theoretical and it starts being like actual legitimate um, heart transformation this is what's going on in these people's lives it really seems to disarm people from the whole laughing and mocking and getting into that nasty uh fighting that circle bit um 
Yeah. Well, can we just take just a second to acknowledge that that is one of the best films made? Oh, yeah. Ever. It's yeah. just so good. The guy, Chad Allen, that they got to do it. I mean, this is not – they weren't like, well, Kirk Cameron is busy. Let's get the next – this – this. I don't even believe he's a believer. I mean, I know he's uh, – I think he's married to a man. I think he's uh, mm-hmm. the kind of uh, actor that, that is taking jobs based on if he feels like he can – really give it a good performance and, and right. it's compelling material. Yep. And I remember re- watching, um, no, I think I was reading an interview. It was like, do you know who I am? Do you guys know like what I, I advocate and stuff? They're like, look, we just want this to be really well done. Right. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, that that's the kind of thing that can get me off on another tangent. Like people were <laughs> mad about that. People were mad when they found out that the, the young lady that played Mary on the nativity was pregnant. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do you see the irony? But uh, they, they just they they didn't hobble themselves. The same thing with like the Luther movie with with Rafe Fines or however you pronounce yeah, yeah. Rafe Fines. Um, they they just did it super well, and the telling that story was, I mean, they start with a, a, a night raid, right, where they're spearing yeah. people to death, yeah, and children are being killed, and you and for you're like, whoa. I, I sort of know for a second what that's like because it caught me off guard when it happened on screen. And then you have these people saying, well, look, look what that person or what these people did. What, what, uh, who were they with new tribes or, or whoever they were with? Yeah. I forget um, the organization because you know, th- what they showed at the end was clips from through the gates of splendor right. uh, documentary about it. And you know, Mickey, Yan- Mickey, Mickey, Yanni, is that his name? Uh, all, all these people are wearing, you know, jeans and stuff now right, and they're yeah. like well look what you did you forced you know it's colonialism but those people would not exist if the missionaries hadn't come when right. they did made that sacrifice because they were revenge spearing each other just out of existence right um it's just such a a beautiful way to see the gospel laid out in front of you i showed it to my son i want to say three or four weeks ago yeah and all three of us in my family were just openly crying and i've seen it like six times yeah it is so good yeah and and that kind of thing i think it's so few and far between because when people think and and and, and sure yeah I'm, i was just saying i'm i'm thinking about maybe doing this as a kind of outreach thing but when people start thinking you know use movies to proclaim the gospel and to bring friends and invite friends and stuff nine times out of ten it winds up being like I'm not going to besmirch anyone in particular, but you know, there are some mega churches where the pastor's like, well, my daughter can sort of act. And you know, they like make these hokey, hokey movies with these tenuous messages that are not exactly biblical. And these conversion scenes, which to me ring completely false. Yeah. And you know, then they make a mint because you know, all these churches pack their church vans with already churched people and drive there it, to me, it's it's one of those things where it's so rare for it to work well right. that it doesn't seem like a good ongoing option for right. the solution of a real problem, which is in a world where – and I guess it's the same problem that they faced in Corinth or wherever in the early church mm-hmm. – in a world where the culture is hostile to the gospel, mm-hmm. where – more and more, there are laws hostile to the gospel where you'll, the workplace is like, leave it at home. The, the school is like, that's hate speech. How do we fulfill the Great Commission mm-hmm. uh, in a world where, yes, yes, we celebrate spirituality and diverse spirituality except yours or right. any 
you know, ethic that says as a, a core tenant that you have to proclaim this to other people so that they will join you in it. Yeah. It, it's just such a problem. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I guess to some degree, if you're very choosy and, um, kind of slowly dole them out, there are a few movies or series or something that can, that can help, mm-hmm. um, that aren't heavy on like bad fake crying and right. tinkling music and the one guy who I'm picturing right now who's in all those movies who could not act his way out of a paper bag, um, <laughs> you know, trying to hold back tears. And I'm like, dude, I don't believe anything that you're trying to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. So there, so there, that's one solution. I mean, what, what, what do you see or what do you experience in your life? I have the in, which is, it's not a curse. Most people are like, oh, when you're a pastor, you know, people stop swearing when you tell them that. Okay, good. I don't want to hear you swearing anyway. And it's an automatic in to talk about spiritual things. Mm-hmm. People will ask you about your job, and it's half a step to the right, and you're talking about the gospel. How do you do this when you don't have that in? I, I'm, yeah. I'm seriously asking. Yeah, so, I mean, I still um, tell this story. Uh, it's been years since I uh, worked at the liquor store, um, my boss was not uh, is till this to this day, as far as I know, not a believer. Um, very uh, hostile toward not me, but um, tenets of the faith um, and and ideas and and people who you know when when news reports would come out on TV about. Um, you know, religious issues, you know, whether it was the Catholic church or whatever it might be. Um, and it took me three years of biting my tongue, not putting my opinion or two cents in unless I was directly asked about it. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, that's hard, particularly for me, because I have an opinion about everything. Clearly I, I have a podcast and can talk about anything and everything. Um, and, and some people would look at that and say, well, you're just holding back on your faith. You're not openly preaching the gospel. And I would say yes and no. I mean, I would in no way, shape or form, uh, if somebody asked me about, uh, what I did, um, on Sundays, I would, you know, openly tell them I'm a believer. I go to church. Uh, when people would ask me questions about what I thought about um, moral issues being debated, I would tell them what I thought from a biblical biblical perspective. And it was it was three years of just living my life, doing what I was asked to do. When um, the whole issue in Maryland was coming out with uh, gay marriage, and my boss came to me and he was like, "Okay." I have a legitimate question for you. And he, he pulled me in the back stock room. So we weren't having this discussion out front, but he pulled me in the stock room and he's like, as a religious person, what do you think about this? And I got to have a 30 minute conversation with my boss about, um, the gospel telling him that, you know, because his question to me was, you know, what do you think about this? Because here's where I come from. You know, uh, a lot of people are, you know, standing against uh, abortion a lot, or I'm sorry, a lot of Christians are standing against homosexual marriage um, for these reasons and these reasons and X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. And I see it, it just appears that there's all this 
hatred and blah, 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 blah. And I said, I, I don't hate these people at all. I mean, at the end of the day, how they're choosing to live their life, uh, I think it's sad. I'd, I'd love to dialogue with them about why I think it's wrong. And I went into what God's ideal in marriage was. I talked about, you know, one man and one woman. I talked about the need for Christ, even in, uh, even in, uh, the ideal of marriage. You know, I talked about how I'm not a perfect husband and that's why Christ had to, had to come because I, I fall short of his glory. And so this is a distortion of what God's ideal is, a further distortion of what God's ideal is in terms of, uh, distorting uh, marriage and, and sex and marriage and, and all of these things. And so it allowed me to have this conversation with him that I don't know he ever had with anyone. Um, and it gave him a new appreciation and respect for at least what I believe and who I was. Um, but that was three years. And so when people a lot of times will talk to me about you know, the hostility that they've faced in the work environment. Um, I've, I've seen it not directly. My boss was, um, never directly hostile toward me because of my faith. He was hostile toward me for other reasons, but never because of my faith. Um, and so just taking that time to build the relationship where he came to me one day and said, I want to know what you think about this because what I have in my head and who you are are two different things. And I want to know more. Um, is that always going to be the case? No, it's not. Is that always the way people do it? No, it's not. But I found that this was the most advantageous way for me to go about living my faith out in an environment where to my knowledge, no one that I was around was a, was a believer. So, all right, but now let me ask you this. It's been years since that. Uh-huh. The I feel like in the last 7 years. Mm-hmm. I, I feel pretty safe with that. There has been a a turn in the country's um tolerance of Christianity, which is ironic because it's been during the age of tolerance. Right. Um these days and it sounds like your boss maybe was a, a legitimately open-minded person, not like the kind of fake open-minded where you use open-minded as an excuse to, to bash people who disagree with you, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, you know very, very common. These days, I wonder if you, you might expect a boss to take someone aside and say, tell me your views on this, hear them, and mm-hmm. then turn around and just fire you. Mm-hmm. Now, if that happens, I guess that would be a part of – I mean, A, you'd – You'd pick up the phone and call Jay Seculo or something, but right. um, or you just say that's part of following Jesus is that you'll be lied about, you know, mocked, persecuted in different ways. Right. Um, I, I feel like we've cried wolf so many times, and and during my lifetime, so I can speak to the last forty years, mm-hmm. um, thirty five. I wasn't really listening to the radio much the first few, <laughs> uh, but that we've cried wolf so many times about being so called. Even in, even you know during the the first like Obama term, I remember everything was oh Christians being persecuted in America, and I'm like no no don't do this right, we're gonna regret right. it later, um and and so now everyone's kind of just deaf to it, yeah it's the kind of thing where you really are asking people now when you stand up in the pulpit and and read 
the the passage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the apostle, the Holy Spirit, is commanding them right. to do something that might have uh, some some real consequences. Yeah. You know, it, thank God, not like in China where you're brought into prison and beaten with you know these electric batons or whatever. Right. But, right. But it might, and and you know you got to be willing to endure. But even on top of that, I think. Everyone's so on guard right now mm-hmm. that starting the conversation mm-hmm. is difficult. Yeah, because people have, you know, almost like you know they tell you when you walk down the street, keep your eyes up, not down in your phone, because you know whether you're a hundred pound woman or a three hundred pound man, you're far less likely to be picked out by a pit pocket or a mugger or whatever. Right, if your eyes are up. I feel like that's kind of the situation in in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Eyes up, ready to engage and to stave off, you know, any kind of, oh, no, 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 I don't want that. In, in the same way you or I might, you know, if you, you're walking down the street and you're in a hurry, you're on your way to a, a meeting mm-hmm. and you see a couple of 21-year-old kids in white button-up shirts with black ties and backpacks on. Right. You're like, I, look, I'm, I'm good. You know, you, you, you do something to avoid it. I feel like there's there's very little openness even to engage mm-hmm. unless it's to mock. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, you don't want to continue it going. Right. Do not cast your pearls to swine. Right. It's a it's a hard question to to wrestle with. How does the average believer in our Western culture right now do this? It doesn't look like the evangelism training stuff from the eighties or the nineties. Yeah, maybe not even the stuff from the Audis. It, it it's the kind of thing we have to be constantly reinventing. And I think the, at the end of the day, what you hit on was when you make a deep relationship with someone, mm-hmm. even if it's not you know you cry on my shoulder when things are going bad, right. but there's a trust that's built over time. Mm-hmm. Almost nothing is off the table at that point. Yeah, but that's a slow go of it, man. It it is, and I but I wonder too if if. We just well, I wonder a couple things. I wonder if part of what has killed much of our credibility is social media um and and there's a lot of hostility because of the upswing of even Christians getting on and doing such a horrible job at being civil and polite online um and and showing you know that hey, there is truly a difference. When it comes to, you know, who I am as a believer and, um, you know, loving people and you just, um, and so I, I wonder, I don't have an answer for it. I just, I wonder if that's part of it is the upswing and in, in just, you know, how angry people are on social media in general, um, including Christians. But like you said, I wonder if part of it too is just the fact that we're not willing to take the time to invest in in people and in their lives to and, and this is going to sound I don't know to build up the credit to do that you know not like you need credit to preach the gospel or anything but like it building up and getting to know people and getting to to let them see that you know I'm 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 actually not the douchebag that I've been portrayed as on social media, you know, like as a Christian, that that so, social media has portrayed Christians, that television has portrayed Christians, that your friends may have talked about has portrayed Christians. Like, that's not me, but I still have a, a deep commitment to Jesus Christ and my faith. 
Um, and, and I'm willing to talk about with that with you and I'm willing to be patient to talk about that with you. Um, and again, to me, it's not even like I've got to constantly be, you know, talking about Jesus all the time, but when we're talking in the natural course of conversations and questions come up saying things, you know, um, I remember one of, uh, one of my friends that I was, hanging out with, um, he, you know, um, did drugs and, you know, I was just talking with him and he, he knew that I was a religious person, but again, in this day and age, what does that mean? And so when he asked me about it, I told him. It's more of a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Oh, I, (laughs) oh goodness. Oh, can I throw up a little I bit killed, now? <laughs> I just killed your whole thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so, you know, we were talking, but I, I talked to him about, you know, the idea of wanting to main con- maintain control of my body, wanting to honor God with my body. You know, I I talked about honoring the government. You know, it's it's illegal. And so wanting to honor the government and wanting to, you know, just kind of do all these things that um, – you know, when he heard them, he was like, so there's nothing really forcing you to do this. It's just kind of something you're doing. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I have to go back to your point, but I, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ and that affects why I do things, you know, just like I have a relationship with my wife and that affects why I do and don't do certain things. Um, but I, I've come to the point where I don't mind taking the time to invest and, and really work through some of those things because I've come to learn too, that the deeper you get into those relationships, those friendships, you know, you do like, you know, you get frustrated with those people like you would anyone else. I, I, um, regularly for the past couple of years have gotten together, um, with uh, someone who's an atheist and we hang out, we play games and that person sees the real me, uh, you know, my, my frustrations and all that stuff. But at the same time, they also know like there's something different. And so the stereotypical Christian that news is portraying, that Facebook's portraying, that their other Christian influences are, um, who are in their life are portraying. It's like, there's something different about you, um, that I just can't pinpoint. And that, and, and he said, and he said that before, you know, uh, my, the other people in my life who are Christians, I have difficulty talking to them because they're so, they, they, they just, first of all, they seem so ignorant where you seem like you, we might disagree, but at least you've thought through things. And so there's, there's a difference when you, take the time to really build that relationship because it's like, man, I really like this person. I I don't like their ideas, but I really like this person, but I don't like their, you know, and so it, it, it creates the conflict in them that I believe the Holy Spirit's working through. And I don't know if this person will ever, you know, accept Christ or not. Um, but I, to me, like, I believe I am preaching the gospel when I develop those relationships. Yeah. It's not, Billy Graham stand in front of a stadium of, you know, thousands of people, millions of people. And, you know, they're, they're coming down to get saved, but it is, this is where God's called me to live my life. And I'm not shying away 
from who I am as a believer and what the Bible says. I think another element, though, another uh, kind of, uh, I guess, stumbling block in this day and age is it's not that hard to get people to be willing to listen to you talk about your views on something, mm-hmm. to, to get them to listen to, to you know, they'll, they'll hear you talk about your commitment to Jesus or your relationship with Jesus or even your, your truth, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, as they perceive it being your truth. Uh, but when you say you're a sinner mm-hmm. and you need to repent, this is something you need, then suddenly you know, like a, a brick wall, you know, like, like on a, a movie when you, you pick up the, the item you're stealing and all of a sudden the reinforced concrete right. and steel doors come <laughs> slamming down because you've, you've just committed a, a, a mortal sin uh, in, the, in the view of the world. And so I think what's happening is we're getting a lot of people, and I'm not suggesting this is, this is what you're doing, mm-hmm. but I think we get a lot of people who do think they're faithfully doing evangelism mm-hmm. when they share what, I mean, that used to be how we frame these things. Evangelism explosion, D James Kennedy, whatever you tell your story and people are kind of accepting that story and affirming that story. And yet no one ever gets to repent and believe, mm-hmm. uh, you are, I mean, Jesus always, always, always pointed people to their sin. He usually did it in a clever way. Go get your husband, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, right. I tell you know, oh yeah, you just one more little thing you need to do to keep that law you say you've kept since you were a boy. Just go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, come on back. Like you know, he was always pointing people uh first to their sin if they weren't already broken right. and and desperate for a savior, and then to the cross. And I feel like we we've what happened was and, and I don't know if this was an a wicked design on the part of the enemy or just bad um coincidence. But it seems like the way people were starting to really think of "quote unquote" evangelism as a default, which was telling my testimony, yeah, is the world's inoculated to it via this very odd kind of de facto Hinduism of yeah, great, collect that God, collect another, take another. Right, it doesn't right. matter if they contradict. That works for you. Awesome. Yeah, I went to Sunday school as a kid too. Yeah, I used to pray to to Jesus. Or Mary or something so awesome. Yeah, thumbs up. I, I accept what you're you know, picking up what you're throwing down, but I'm not throwing myself down at the foot of the cross because we ended the conversation before the really awkward, semi-dangerous part, which is where I tell you that without you acknowledging your sin, confessing and repenting and putting your faith, all your eggs in the Jesus basket, putting all your weight on on his shoulders, uh, you are lost. Like we, we lost, we've lost that basic ability to just say this stuff, uh, that has for generations and now millennia, uh, really raised the ire of many people who hear it, but it also has brought people to faith. I think we're scared, uh, because for so long Christianity was sort of a part of our culture yeah. Um, and now that it's no longer a part of our culture, we're we're afraid of what we're going to lose, and we're treading very lightly. We're walking on eggshells, and I'm afraid that unless there is a a sort of reboot of listen, you're gonna you're gonna get yourself into a little trouble of some kind here, even if it's just your stepmom's mad at you for a week because of the way you said this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she didn't want to sure. hear it. 
or or your buddy stops wanting to hang out or your boss doesn't give you the promotion and you kind of know it's because of this. If you're not willing to pay a price on it, if not now in your neck of the woods, very soon, you're not really going to be able to do effective evangelism, even if it's relational. Because, you know, I, I know people, um, there's someone, I'm not going to say exactly what the, this person does because uh, I don't, you know, it's it's uh, sure issue of pastoral confidentiality, I guess, but there's someone who, who comes to our church on a regular basis uh, in the course of their secular work. And I've talked to them a number of times, got to know them fairly well. Um, we would have some things that we like in common, uh, quite a few. We'd have a long conversation about different stuff. And I would always try and slip in kind of a, a bridge to things spiritual. Uh, often it would get shut down. And finally, at one point, I just was like, hey, is this good enough in? They know I'm a pastor. They're in my church. You know, they're they're talking to me, and I and I kind of just put it all out there, and very quickly got very cold, mm-hmm. and I don't get the drop-ins anymore. You know, the yeah. the uh, hi, I'm here. I mean, just a very and, and I feel like there are a lot of people who, even if they feel um, comfortable with you as a person, and you're not overly pushy or arrogant. Just the fact that you're proclaiming an exclusive message that claims to be capital T absolute truth and not just a truth, but the truth, mm-hmm. the way, the truth, and the life, they will take great offense. There's not oh, a yeah. level of relational connection anymore that can assure you a safe handoff. Sure. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's you know what Christ tells us in the gospel. I mean, that you know, I mean, this this is the, the gospel is going to have a cost, you know, and, you know, that's, that's why we're told we have to be willing to give up everything. We have to be willing to give up family. We have to be willing to give up friends. We have to be willing to give up our jobs, our lives for the sake of the gospel, because it does come at a cost. And so, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, and so I, I do, I think that there is a point where, you know, y- you're going to find yourself, relative to wherever you are, um, losing some things, you know, losing some people. And, um, you know, I thankfully at this point, and, you know, maybe, maybe this is, you know, um, an argument, uh, that people would make. I haven't been as bold. I don't think so. I mean, you know, when I've talked about these people, there have been circumstances and situations where it's like, you know, you, you need this, you know, I need this. This is why Christ came. Um, you know, but at the same time, I'm not going to keep harping on it every time I see that person, you know, like you said, casting pearls before swine. And I'm not just hanging out with that person so that I can preach to the gospel to them either. Like we've come to a clear understanding of, you know, you know where I am. We've had these conversations, um, when they come up, I'm not going to shy away from them, but it's also not going to come up every time I see you. Like I said, with my boss, it was a little different. There were very few times where he even came to me and asked me what I thought of things. Um, and so those were, were fewer and far between. Um, this other guy that I'm talking about, I mean, we get together once a month. Um, and there are, and I think that's part of what helps is that I'm not day in and day out around him. And so usually like if I've said something and I know I have, I've said something to really, um, 
get at him and really, um, you know, there, there was one point where we were talking about something and he was like, well, I just don't think that's true. And it had to do with the gospel. And I looked at him and said, I don't care what you think. It's fact. It is true. This is, this is what scripture says. We have, you know, definitive evidence that this, that this is true. You know, you're, you're an atheist, but you tell me you're, you know, you're a man of science. You're, you know, this great scholarly person. Well, you know, this is, this is what the facts say. You know, this is who Jesus Christ was. This is what needs to happen. You know, and so like we've gone through situations where I've been that confrontational with him, but we also, you know, a month goes by and he's not bringing the topic up again. And I'm not necessarily bringing it up either. Um, because you know, what's, what's the point in that case? Like I've, I've made my case. I've made my point. Now that's not to say that if it comes up again, um, you know, or, you know, that's to say if it comes up again, I'm willing to do the same thing again. We'll see how much of that, um, can be tolerated at that point. But I, I think, I, I honestly think it depends on where, where you are, what's going on. Like you said, you're, you're in a unique position, Zach, that as um, a pastor from behind the pulpit, you are you are constantly in a position where you are preaching the gospel, so to speak. You're preaching God's word, definitely. And, you know, the more things come down on laws and, you know, keeping track of what the church is saying, um, you know, I mean, look at China. Like, you know, there are... China. There are, look, at, <laughs> look at China. China. Um, there, there are Christians all over, all over China. I mean, you know, th- there are, there are millions, billions of people in China. Millions of people in China. I don't know what the ratio. I think it's like is. a billion people. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Maybe if not, we're going to look <laughs> stupid. But I, we both kind of think that's the case. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll we'll look stupid together, Zach. I'm I'm cool with that. <laughs> there it is. You know what? These go to 11. Looking stupid together since 2014 or whatever. So, you know, but there, there is a huge Christian presence over there. And, and there are people who are living their lives as believers talking about their faith with people not getting arrested. And then we also know that there are stories of Christians who are living their lives, who are preaching the gospel, who are being arrested beaten, tortured, and killed. And so I, you know, I think it, it just, it depends on, you know, what your, where your interactions are, you know, what people have kind of gotten their eyes on you and, and, you know, who's, who's watching you and what their level of offense is and, and what's going, you know, so I, I really think that there's, um, there's a lot of things going on, but I, I do, I do think you're right. I think that in uh, in America we have found great ways of talking about our life and our experiences without uh directly involving Christ in the gospel and and putting that out there. I do I do. I think you're 100% or, right. Or here. even talking about Christ in the gospel in very personal terms that right. don't have a broad mandate attached to them. Right. Right. I mean, but, but look at, look at churches that we have. I mean, they're, they're doing the same thing, right? Sure. You know? Um, so I, I mean, I, I think, I think there are, there are byproducts of, 
you know, what we, what we see in churches, you know, look at a church and, and see what's the level and the commitment that, you know, the, the gospel is being preached and talked about and, and really emphasized, um, you know, and I, and I, I would like to think, I don't have any hard data or research, but I would like to think that would be an indication of, you know, the, the congregation's commitment to preaching the gospel to people as well. Well, it sounds like we've solved it, and uh, now I'm post-millennial, and I expect everybody to be Christian by October of 2021. Uh, and now i got to go fire up my grill. And you know what I'm going to have tonight? What are you having tonight, Zach? My family's going to have hot dogs. Mm. I am going to have a turkey dog. It's white, and it has no fat in it. Okay. So. It's, well, it's not going to be good. I, I, I wish you luck in getting that turkey <laughs> dog down. Uh, maybe afterwards, smoke a nice cigar to uh, get the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> well, I'd be the third one today, but that's not unheard of. <laughs> nice. All right, dude. Well, this was a great one. Zach, we just rocked the Casbah. These go to 11.